It's That episode is doing a live podcast at the NYC Pod Fest on Sunday, January 13th at 6.30 p.m. at The Pit. There are two ways you can get tickets. One, go to nycpodfest.com or two, email me at itsthatepisode at gmail.com and the first five people to do so will get free tickets, no charge. That is a whole lot of value because the tickets are eight bucks and you don't want to spend it. So email me at itsthatepisode at gmail.com. There's no apostrophe in the its and you could get a free ticket and I want to see you there. Now a word from our sponsor. Today's It's That episode is sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Let's start that show, right? Come on. Well, it's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the show where I invite a guest over to my apartment to watch any TV show they choose, and we talk about it and a bunch of other crap. Today, my special guest is John Murray from the improv group Death by Ruru, uh, or you might recognize him as one of the writers in the writer's room of 30 Rock, ever heard of that show, and or, and slash or, you might know him from uh, the Cooking Channel's recent special, Back in Time for Thanksgiving. How are you doing, John? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. That was uh, a lengthy but great resume. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I wanted you to put more things to just keep going. Do my entire resume. You may also know him from the 1999 <laughs> yeah. local theater production of Guys exactly. and Dolls. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to do a reel. I'm just going to send out this interview and this, this podcast as like my resume. I actually once, uh, I had a radio show in college and I, I edited together a CD of like highlights, yeah. me and my friend Rory, Panagatopoulos. Yeah. Good guy. And, uh, uh, and I like edited together my favorite parts and thought that that would be like a good thing to like send to people. I don't know why. That's what? supposed to sound like random, like weird clips. It was just, just like- a six minute like barrage of crazy, like n- stupid improvised <laughs> nothings. It's like, okay. Yeah, okay. He's got the job of something that's something to- I don't know how to use this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do with this. Um, <laughs> so, welcome, John. Thank you. Um, Can we- I want to ask you a question. Yes. Uh, on Facebook, I saw that you recently uh, met Jackie Mason. Yes. Yes, I did. Can you tell me that your Jackie Mason story? Because I met Jackie Mason as well. And oh, see if they match up. Okay, great. So, um, yes, this was uh, last week. Okay. I was at a a Mexican restaurant okay. on a hundred and second street. <laughs> Not matching up at all so far. <laughs> In Manhattan, with my fiance, we were meeting some of her family members for dinner. Uh, her cousins and her brother. And Meryl saw um, this woman walk in with like a big fur coat and blonde hair and she's older. Right. And Meryl's like, oh my God, for a second, I thought that was Courtney Love. Right. And I was like, oh, no, that's definitely not Courtney Love. But the guy she's with is definitely Jackie Mason. (laughs) And then he walked by our table and I made eye contact with him and... I don't know which I said first. I did say Jackie to him (laughs) instead of Mr. Mason. And either either that or right uh, – I don't remember the order. I said that and he also said to Merrill, he said, are you a Jew? <laughs> and Merrill was like, 
yes, I am. And then he went on for two minutes and like made jokes. Wow. He was like, you guys dating? And like, yeah. How long have you been together? We we're like, oh, four and a half years. It's like, it looks like you've been together for two years. And we were just like laughing. <laughs> laughing. Like, it's not funny at all. It was just so bizarre. That's random. Yeah. What was your experience? Um, like? Well, it was in a restaurant as well. On uh, 102nd Street? Not 102nd Street. It was in Times Square. I was at a diner with some friends, and we were sitting at a table, and it was like, it was, it was kind of late, and uh, the waiter comes up to us at some point. He's like, oh, pardon me, pardon me. Uh, we need you to move tables. And like, we're really sorry about this, but this is this is somebody's table. And they were like, oh, okay, we'll move. We're like, whose table is it? And like, it's Jackie Mason's table. So we need you to move to another table in the diner. He's going to be here any minute, any minute. So in the midst of this, Jackie Mason shows up. He's like, oh, how are you? What's going on? <laughs> and we're all like, oh, my God, Jackie Mason. So we all meet Jackie Mason. And he's like, oh, thank you for moving out of my table. I come here. I eat here. And then... um. So then we're just chatting with him, and I decide to – this is this is how it ended. I decided to ask him. He had a one-man show on Broadway at, the, at that time. As he usually does. Always does. Yes. The guy's like, he's like Demi Reynolds. He's the hardest-working <laughs> person in show business. He's always got a one-man show. I wish I could have as many like UCD one-man shows as, as like Jackie Mason. But anyway, I asked him. I was like, oh, Jackie, how is your, your one-man show going? And he's like, oh, it's, you know, it's doing really well. Thanks for asking. He's like, have you seen it? And I was like, um – no, no, I haven't. And he was like, and he got really, he was like, you, he got really angry at me. And like, that's kind of how we left it with oh, Jackie Mason boy. being like, he's like, you got to come to my show. You better be there. And I was oh, just like, boy. sorry, Jackie. Well, he's, I've got, he's got to assume that people under like 60 aren't as interested <laughs> in seeing a one man show I mean, like an old he, Jewish man. It was like, I was in my mid twenties at the time. The yeah. guy should be flattered to be like, you know that I have a one man show. I mean, even the fact, I mean, not that he's a nobody, but like, it's just, I feel like it would be if I was that old. To be recognized for somebody in their twenties, like, exactly. that's exciting enough. You totally. Like, oh, thank you. But. He is—he's so old. I know. He's, he's so old. old. He's a very old man. Um, but oh, funny as ever. To, a, a classic institution of comedy. A class act. And if you ever are at a Mexican restaurant at about nine p.m. <laughs> on a Monday or Tuesday. Great. Can I just thank you for having me on the Jackie Mason meeting podcast? <laughs> yes, this yes. is really great. Oh, yeah. This is no longer it's that episode. This is the Jackie Mason uh, meeting at a restaurant podcast. It's great. It's great. <laughs> you know, I've been really sitting on that story for a long time, and I'm glad I have an outlet yeah, for it I'm now. Yeah, I'm glad. It's I, great. I, that me posting that on Facebook was the most likes I think I've gotten on anything ever. You like, it will never, you have a baby, it won't be tough. No. People will just be like, that's it. Oh, uh, like, why is he, he, he thinks he's as good as when he put up that Jackie Mason thing. Um, so why don't we get to the show? So mm-hmm. you are... I I, I just from the emails, I can tell that you have a high level of fandom for the show we're about I do. to watch. So I do. why don't you explain what we're going to be? Watching? Uh, the show we're going to watch today is a, a little little chestnut from the eighties called Magnum PI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ran from nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty eight, and it is my favorite show of all time. So I'm I'm excited for a couple of reasons. One is that I've never seen Magnum PI. Yeah, and uh, two the refer to one <laughs> That's the whole, so. it's gonna be real education and the episode we're watching today is not like a normal episode right. at all so you'll be like who what? well you said that i read the um because you sent me a link to yeah. um a website called magnum mania magnum mania that had a little bit of a write-up of the episode yeah and it's a flashback to the 1930s yeah I it's like a dream sequence which makes me think of an episode of i don't know if you're a fan of macgyver oh but they yes, did something similar on macgyver nice. where he went to the old west oh so there I guess you go maybe the I don't know if this said the president or I'm sure. Or I wonder if it's the same producer. I wonder if the Donald Passario, the guy who he did, like, uh, what show does he produce yeah. now? 
uh, NCIS. Okay. He might. I wonder if he had a hand in MacGyver as well. We can IMDb it. We can IMDb. Watch. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Um, so tell me a little bit about your, uh, so 1980, 1989, were you watching while this show was uh, Yeah, up? well, I guess I should like, like clear it up in this way of like, it's like, uh, this is, I don't know if your family has this. I, I've talked to some other people. Like I talked to someone one time and they're like, oh, real genius is my, uh, my, my, my family's movie. Like we right. love that. We like love, like Magnum is, is kind of like my family show. And I guess it's like this and like the Lethal Weapon series is like the stuff we really nice. bonded over. Um, so what you call it? Um, yeah, like I can remember being a kid and watching some first run uh, episodes, but I can also remember being a kid and watching a lot of the rerun episodes, like on like Channel Nine. And then when I got older, A and E used to show them in like a block of mystery shows. So it'd be like Banachek, which uh-huh. was hard, Columbo, Murder She Wrote. And I want to put Matlock in there, but I just think my mom watched that on another channel and and then Magnum. And like I honestly can remember like days in the summer of like playing or just being outside hanging with my friends and then like coming in for lunch and like watching Magnum. Like that was the thing my mom and I did. That's awesome. It was pretty cool. And was Magnum PI like uh, a show that you would talk to friends about? Was was it a popular, well? That's I mean, thing. I know it was a popular show itself, but within your group. Well, you know what happened is my best friend used to come over our house all the time, and he got sucked into it. So now he is a huge fan. In fact, I gave him all eight seasons on DVD for Christmas over the years, and like we were just he I saw him on Saturday, and we were just talking about the show. His wife's into it. And then, like, so I'm him and my, my parents. And then I remember some random kid in high school. I mentioned I liked it. And he was like, it's just like this kind of hidden thing where he just was like, I fucking love that show. <laughs> and then just started, like, rattling off all this stuff he loved about it. So it's kind of weird. Um, like, I feel like people just don't really talk about it. But there's, like, huge fans of that show. Yeah, it's one of those shows that was I was reading. I read the Wikipedia page, which is more than specific. Yeah. It's very... Very detailed. Uh, it's very detailed. Like, stuff that you would never need to know as like a summary <laughs> but um so it definitely has uh, fans but it was hugely popular i think for the first like five seasons yeah sort of but i did read i don't know if you know i mean obviously you've seen the episodes and maybe this is jumping the gun because we haven't watched the episode yet but i read that there's an episode where he basically died and became a ghost and then that was supposed to be the season finale of like maybe season Seven and then and that was going to be the end and then fans like demanded he come back to life. We almost watched that episode today. It was <laughs> that is one of that's like the episode we're going to watch today is in my top five. That episode we're talking about is in my top five. Uh, that episode, yes, Magnum was the ballsiest move. They kill the main character. They kill him in the top of the show, and they're basically like he's he's dead. He as he's like on the the twilight between like you know heaven and he's like in limbo. He solves pretty much like his murder and and protects his wife who was married to another person because of Vietnam and and protects his child that he had with her once because he saw her again. of Vietnam she married <laughs> the second that war started she's like she's a, weird she gets involved with some <laughs> Vietnamese diplomat very complicated uh so it's amazing they last shot him walking off into heaven and then um they have they the fans were like you can't kill him you can't kill him so they had to bring the show back another season and I don't I don't own the eighth season because the eighth season is like watching like writers work it's just like they have to figure out this whole thing and like the recovery of his death kind of like haunts all the storylines for the eighth season of like how they're trying to fix how he's coming back it's insane that, it's I insane. guess it's a prime example of the fans being wrong oh, totally <laughs> it's just like no one should have listened to them. 
Um, it's so funny that they brought him back from the dead. It's crazy. I mean, if uh, to go a little bit more into the history of the show, what we're watching an episode today from the third season, and uh, the first three seasons of the show are actually really cool because, like, when the concept of the show first started, he was like this like swinging bachelor who was like security at at Rob Masters estate. Like, he had everything he wanted and didn't have to pay for it. Right. And like, he was this Vietnam vet who was like this badass who had like all these kind of crazy from the Navy, I think. Right? Yeah, and he had all these crazy flashbacks, and he lived with, and hung out. With with his buddies and so like um he was kind of a badass it was kind of like three seasons of badass him like we were right. just like man every dude was like that's the life i want to live and then um then like i think it had to compete with cosby okay so they started to soften it up mm. and like um my friend and i were joking the other day like there's so many episodes as the series continues where like magnum and his buddy tc are just always coasting coaching a, a softball team <laughs> And they're always like helping some kid out of trouble. They all of a sudden have a son named Theo. You're just exactly. You're just like, uh, yeah. They tacked on kids. Like Magnum ends up having this kid that he had with his wife. That after the last time they met TC, like in the seventh or eighth season, they're like, oh, he has secret kids too. Everybody's like all becoming real. It's like all adult, and then like there's like a lot of very special episodes of Magnum. Oh my god, that's we're like, I want to go back to the guy that was just like, look, like I'm about chicks. I'm about shooting people. I'm about like you know just. Living life, living yeah. Large. This from the Wikipedia um, write up. It seems like this is the ba- every bachelor's dream because he lives uh, in Hawaii at someone else's estate someone that else's you estate. never see. Yeah. They mention in Wikipedia that he has a beer fridge in his. He does. Old Dusseldorf is the beer he drinks. I like that in the Wikipedia. They're they're like he's got a beer fridge. Does have a beer fridge? He goes to it often in his weird department where you have to go upstairs to get in it and then back downstairs to get to the bottom. It's such a set. It's crazy. It's amazing. And then he. And something else I did not realize, since I didn't realize much about the show, is that Orson Welles does the voice of... Uh, For the beginning, yeah. In the beginning seasons, he of does. the guy who owns the estate. Robin Masters, yeah. And Robin then he Masters. passes away, and then... They kind of get like a random voice, and then they start to play with the fact. And and sorry for the spoilers here, folks, but that maybe Higgins is Robin Masters. Higgins right. is the major domo of the estate. He uh, he he's basically like Magnum's like superior that he has to answer to. You just got spoiled. Higgins <laughs> is Robin Masters. Well, they leave it open. They leave it open. <laughs> so if you have as much knowledge as me, those words mean nothing. But uh, I did read that online. That they, again, the Wikipedia is so specific that I they explain this thing with Robin Masters. They're like Higgins. In, indicates that he is Robin Masters, but later in the episode indicates he is not. Right. <laughs> I keep on. I keep on thinking that this 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 episode is going to be like a collective shrug for everyone. They're going to be like, "What?" I love flashbacks. I love the uh, he. So, so the episode is called Flashback. Yeah, goes back to the 1930s. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, why don't we check it out? Sure. Okay. Sure. I what, mean, do you want me to list my family's favorite episodes before we start, though? Or do you want to save that for I after? think you could see in my eyes that that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what <laughs> right. I was thinking. Right. So you know, my dad's favorite episode is China Doll. China and it's Doll. about a guy who, before he does Kung Fu, he blinks before he hits you. So that's like his tell. His tell. His and tell. Magnum shoots him in the face. <laughs> um, Wait, so why would he even need that tell if he can just shoot him in the, the face? At the end, they get in a position where he's got a gun to his face. And Magnum's like, don't do it. Nobody's that fast. And the guy blinks, and you just hear a gunshot, and you're like, he went for it. He murdered that man in the face. Then my mom's favorite episode is uh, Did You See the Sunrise, Mm -hmm. where Magnum shoots uh, a guy that tortured pretty much his team in Vietnam, a Russian guy. Okay. He shoots him like. Of on course, a, why would a Russian be in <laughs> Vietnam torturing? <laughs> well, he was helping. He was helping the the Viet Cong. 
the, we, you know, the Cold War, man. Yes. It gave us so much. Yes. And so that's my mom's favorite episode. And then I have numerous famous episodes. But like I said, this is definitely in my top five of episodes. Because here's the weird thing about this show. P.I. show, but then does weird supernatural turns. Like this episode we're about to watch kind of does this. And then there's like another episode where he like meets a psychic. There's another episode where Magnum has dreams that give him premonitions. Like they would... For like a show just about a dude in Hawaii, like a lot of crazy shit happened. I mean, once you, I feel like any action show about a guy, you talk MacGyver, you talk, that's the only other show I can <laughs> think of. But you got to bring in the supernatural. You got to bring in otherworldly stuff because it's like, come on, bro. We got to explore that. Exactly. You know it, what I mean? It's like, we got so many episodes. We have 22 episodes. <laughs> we have so many seasons of this. So many seasons. Um, and it's a procedural. So yeah. it's like, let's, we got to spice it up. Let's do it. All right, let's watch this, man. Let's do it. Let's okay. check it out. Magnum! You shot your father. And then your mother waited for poor McCutcheon to show up and called the cops. Like you said, guesses. You murdered Marissa. With your father dead, there was no ugly divorce. But with Marissa and her baby dead, there was no ugly scandal. And no heir. That baby would have been a bastard half-breed. Not of Danforth. Was it your idea? Or did your mother talk you into it? Leave her out of this. What was hardest for her, Drew? The idea of divorce? Thought of another woman? Or was it the baby? Just put the papers on the step there, Magnum. Don't have it. Too bad. A quick reminder that our... Uh, sponsor today is audible.com and I actually just went on audible.com and searched Hawaii and TV two of the subjects that we talk about and there is a novelization of the TV show Monk and it's called Mr. Monk Goes to Hawaii so you can uh, go online download that and it's about uh, here's a synopsis some people think Hawaii is paradise but Monk knows that danger like dirt lurks everywhere so remember if you want to listen to that Audible has it. It has over 100,000 titles and virtually every genre. You'll find what you're looking for. I guarantee it. So go get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial today by signing up at www.audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan. That's C-R-A-I-G-R-O-W-I-N. And that address again is www.audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan. Let's get back to the discussion, hey? All right. We just got flashbacked. Flashback. By Magnum P.I. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Um, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Okay. because It's I, very like, fun. I'm chewing my fingers the entire time being like, oh, I hope this is okay. Um, I like, let's just read the summary because the summary on this, I don't know if it quite matches up. No. Um, the summary on Netflix is Magnum slips into a time warp while trying to clear a union leader of a murder charge. Now, I don't know if that's quite quite accurate as to what did happen. No. Um, let's give a quick synopsis of the episode. Yeah, okay, go for it. So, the um, charge. I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the blanks. Magnum wakes up in 
1930 something. Something. It just it starts. Yeah, it starts in the 1930s. For the uninitiated, like yourself, I was like, man, this has got to be confusing. Well, if you had never seen the show, you'd be like, oh, this is a show in the 1930s. It's like, oh, it's it's like uh, Raymond Chandler, like Dashiell Hammett. It's like traditional PI stuff. Exactly, and uh, and he's helping this woman. Her father has been. Uh, her father has been charged with the murder of this big business guy. Right. And uh, she, his daughter is trying to clear his name. Yes. And she gets to Magnum, and Magnum's supposed to help her. Yep. But Magnum is confused the whole time, like, why am I in the 30s? It's, it's not right, yeah. I should be driving a Ferrari in the 80s. And he keeps on, in voiceover, mentioning that it's a dream, <laughs> which might not have been the best, like, but like... It must be a dream, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then it ends up being a dream. So it's like, why would they even – like if it's – I don't know. It seemed like it was supposed to be a surprise because when then they revealed that it was – spoiler alert – a dream, he was so surprised. But it's like you've been saying that the we entire time. We were totally prepared for it. Yeah, I was not surprised at all. And um, and then basically the the real story of what happened the real story of what happened to the guy who got murdered was his son had murdered his father yes because he was having an affair with a uh, a woman a hawaiian woman who was pregnant with his baby yes he had made papers to um give her money yes. and was going to leave the mom yes and the son killed him. <laughs> okay, so the son killed his dad. Then just, just like, I'm laughing because you're just—it's so serious when you talk about it. When you like describe the plot, it's like really sad. And then, well, the really sad part is the Hawaiian woman who is pregnant gets murdered, <laughs> and it's like that's a seriously heavy thing. It is like a pregnant woman Pre- getting murdered. I know. That's like a very heavy thing. It's a very heavy thing. Not that they're like not it's not a complete throwaway in the episode, but it's like it's kind of like it's just a, a small like plot point. It's not like ah, like, oh, she was murdered. All right, let's keep going. Yeah, they're like, Oh man, this is real bad. She's murdered. She's praying with that baby. All right, we still gotta solve this case. And you're just kinda like, Whoa, like if that happened, like if I, that happened like I'd I'd go like I, I changed like my life choices. Like, yeah, I'd I know, go on, that like, would be like a huge deal. Huge like, this deal. woman came to me for help because the Hawaiian woman was like told the story and right. tried to get Magnum to help as well. And she's pregnant. Like, like I'd go on like an eight day bender. Like, oh yeah, and then I mean, I'd just like, like I'd be a mess of a man. Yeah, it'd be a lost week weekend. <laughs> exactly. I mean, anyway, Magnum's man enough that it doesn't affect. Yeah, him he that just much. swallows and keeps going. It's crazy. And he fi- he figures out that the father that the son killed the father. Oh, and I just can I just say again the fact that when you break down like these hour long shows their plots it's like that's so heavy. There's so much. where like that's why I'm laughing so much because I'm like oh man I didn't realize like how depressing this episode was. But it's a mystery. Yeah, it is. And it makes sense. Yes. And Magnum within the in the 1930s finds the letters in a hidden spot. Yes. In a house. But one of my favorite parts right now. Yes. Yeah, it's great. He finds the letter by kicking a little floorboard <clears throat> type thing or uh, yeah. under a hidden spot. Like in a furnace cover, yeah. Like like that. Yeah, it's like this furnace cover. <laughs> like <laughs> let's just point to it. You're pointing to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm also pointing to it. It's just like this, this furnace, furnace cover, cover in my apartment. Right. Which I keep you, the side of it. I find letters. You can all see. Yeah. And um and uh and then the son catches him. Mm-hmm. Chases him. Yep. Shoots him. 
falls off a cliff, <laughs> which is the best shot. Is is Magnum falling off the cliff, and it's a dummy that's just like it's like one of the ones. It's like you know it's a dummy. I mean, obviously it's a dummy, but you know it's an action dummy when the legs sort of twist to the left, like both of the legs lean one way. I thought when it fell up top at first, I was like not bad, and then as it kept going, I was like, ooh, it just got like more and more like wobbly and fake. It just <laughs> yeah. got real bad. It's like once you hit like two hundred feet, that's it's no longer a human being. Stunt guy was like, oh, you kept shooting on that. I thought you guys were just gonna get to the top. Yeah, you. We thought we were gonna. Cut away way exactly. early. guy's going to cut midway. Um, so he gets shot. Magnum gets shot, falls down, wakes up in yep. 1983 mm-hmm. or whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Probably 1984 because I think he started 80, 81. I think this is 82. 80, really? Because this is third, third season, season. 80, 81, 82. Okay. All right. Cool. I'll give it to you. Maybe we need to go. I to... literally just looked it up. So <laughs> I know. Maybe we need to flashback to solve Uh-oh. that mystery. I'm there. <laughs> exactly. And then the interesting thing is, here's the interesting thing, is he comes back in 1980s, mm-hmm. right? Yes, he does. And uh, everything's back to normal. And he had, the reason he had dreamt it is he had been reading the newspapers from the 30s. Which he had been reading in his dream sequence as well, yes. And he was reading it because somebody in the 80s asked him to clear his their grandfather's name. Yes. Same story. Just later. Just later. Here's where it gets interesting, mm-hmm. is that the stuff that he had learned in the dream, specific things that only existed and, and experiences that he only had in the dream yeah. were true and existed in the future. So that those letters that he found in the dream did not read about anywhere. No. He found, found them in, in the, the dream, dream were also there. Right. That's yeah. the fun part. That's the fun part. When he doesn't – and he does because like – when we watched it, we were like, why didn't he just take the letters in the past? But the cool part is that he doesn't, but he, so he leaves them for himself in the future. And that's where it starts getting a little like, wait a second, that's some good time travel stuff right there. That's it like is. Some kind of Looper-esque stuff going on. It's, um, and as I was saying, and we were trying to, we were just IMD being a little bit, I mean, we could do some further searching, yeah. but there is no direct connection to MacGyver except for an IMDb it says more like this more like more like this (laughs) and on Netflix it says more like this MacGyver but in the MacGyver episode that I remember that's time travel they also do a very similar thing where at the end of this episode Tom Selleck jumps in his car and his hat from the past is there yes in MacGyver if I'm not mistaken he goes back to the old west and the um pocket knife oh okay is is that would make that's that sounds like MacGyver that's MacGyver. If I oh, know yeah. MacGyver, it's going to be a pocket knife. Um, but I was also excited to learn that Donald P. Belisario, who created this show, yes. also created Quantum Leap. And yeah, he was involved with Airwolf. That guy's he's killer on shows. I mean, and uh, what is it, Glenn A. Larson, the guy that the other producer on the show too, is involved with like Knight Rider. Like all good hands on the show. This show got started because CBS had all the sets from um, Hawaii Five O. And they were basically like, we need a show to like fill up well, all the stuff in Hawaii. And so these guys two rolled around and were like, oh, we got this idea for a show. And so in the first season, especially, um, all the Magnum characters reference like they're like, oh, McGarrett and Five O is really busting down on us. So it's kind of funny they they it's like they kind of tie it together a little bit. I read about that on Wikipedia <laughs> again. Wikipedia very detailed, article, very, very detailed. detailed, up to the point where it said that within the episode, somebody calls Magnum a 
private eye and he he corrects them and says private investigator happened in this episode and uh and that was in wikipedia yeah. i guess why why do you think he doesn't like the abbreviation oh because he looks at it as like um a classy it's like a job where pi feels like it's it's really like low like luther gillis a character from magnum is a pi and and luther gillis by the way is my mom's least favorite character on the show mm. he's this real annoying kind of loudish pi from like the midwest that comes to hawaii and annoys the hell out of magnum and uh but like he's a pi he's like luther gillis pi and uh he does like you know how magnum does narration luther gillis yes. will do narration and it's uh, weird that they'd have two different narrators on a TV show. It's well, yeah, when it's only like when he guest stars, but like it'll always be like, you know, it's Luther Gillis episode where I'm like, I was walking around Chicago and you're like, uh oh, but they'd have both voiceovers. from. Yeah. And then also Madden's like, I know what you think, what you're thinking. Which because is what I can says. also hear the voiceover. <laughs> exactly. I, it would be funny if there was an episode without Luther Gillis and uh, and he still had a voiceover. <laughs> like, what is Thomas doing? Why? Why? Why was there a voiceover from that character? That's um, here's what I, I want to bring up with you. Um, this episode, yes, and uh, flashback, a flashback, and some other, and another episode, which is even more nail on the head. These, this episode is also a big excuse for uh, Tom Selleck to. Get to play around in the Indiana Jones time period. Yes, um, which you can explain. He he was set to star as Indiana Jones, and yeah, uh, you heard it here. Tom Selleck <laughs> was going to be Indiana Jones. Big big break, big break here, uh, big news break. Uh, but he, but I had never heard that until I was on. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. You know that I did not know that. I mean, do, I mean, maybe I had heard that. Do you have this? This is going to get crazy nerdy, but do you have the? the the box set of the three of them like not not the new one not the blue no no but I did watch on YouTube the clip where they show the his, uh, his, audition. his audition yeah with like Sean Young I think yeah which is crazy but yeah he got it and uh, he had booked this and they couldn't schedule around it so he had to turn it down I I mean here's the thing if you were Tom Selleck here's the thing that I read that is on again on like Wikipedia or some other site so I don't know how uh, reliable it is, but it was like he wanted to be loyal to Universal yeah. Pictures yeah. for giving him his big break. But I'm like, if you're going to be the star of a film directed by Steven Spielberg, or was it George it was, Lucas? No, it was Steven Spielberg was, directed that. Steven Spielberg Lucas produced it. Yeah, I mean, but I think at the time, like you know, I mean, Steven Spielberg had some hits, but like he wasn't. Steven he wasn't Steven Spielberg, right? That's you know? no, that's true. That's you know? true. I mean, like, there's always that thing. Like, anyone can be like, oh, yeah, there's, like, 1941. Yeah, 1941. Oh, yeah, his uh, bomb with John Belushi. Yeah, like, kind of, like, lurking around there, so. Um, What's it called? Oh, I forgot what I was going (laughs) to say. Well, let me tell you. All right, so this this episode flirts with um, the the 30s aspect with him. There's an episode in the eighth season, which, as we know, not my favorite season, but there's an episode in the eighth season where they reenact Raiders, where he dresses up as Indiana Jones. May I, I gotta say, first of all, also read that on the Wikipedia page <laughs> because the Wikipedia page leaves no stone unturned. I am not kidding when I say nothing. You said you know this whole me. show just from I literally on the subway today was like, oh, I should I should Google it a little bit just so I know like the basics. I learned every single thing on a 25 minute subway ride. Um, but that's got to be a little depressing. To it's, it's, I mean, let's say you like. I mean, he's got to in some ways. Not that. Hey, listen, 
Tom Selleck's career right. is nothing to sneeze at. Right. He's got a good career. No, he's got a great career. I mean, yeah. He's been working since I'm, Three Men and a Little Baby. Oh, yeah, I totally. Mean, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, like, even like his... Blue Bloods. Uh, Runaway with Gene Simmons, which is a great sci-fi movie. Don't know what that is. <laughs> with Gene Simmons from Kiss? Yeah, you've never seen it? That sounds... Terrible. Rent it. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, like I was gonna say, like I, I, I'm a big Tom Selleck fan. I mean, hey, listen, I'm into the good and the bad with this guy. I went to a Tom Selleck party in college. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll get back. Let me just say out loud what we were just talking about. So don't forget. Oh yeah, his, <laughs> his how depressing it is that he had to reenact Indiana Jones. But I'll, I, we there was a Tom Selleck party in college where everybody was supposed to come with a mustache. And uh, it was an illegal party, which means that it was like in the hallways of a of a dorm. Yeah, you know, not in like a rented out. Uh, you know, like a house. Or they something. didn't ask for like a space where they could or like okay. sanction. It was an unsanctioned party. Okay, and the uh, it was unsanctioned. All right, <laughs> Are you, okay. real real dangerous. Um, it was crazy. Kids coming in with mustaches. And the campus safety came to break it up, and we all sort of like dispersed and ran away. Right, and my friend Zach. Was not lucky enough to, or he didn't run, or I don't know what happened, but campus safety took down his name and everything and got written up, and we had a, whatever, like a student, I forget what the thing is called, like a, a honor code. We had an honor code, so it was like, a, not a big deal if you were caught, but like, you broke the honor code, all right? Right, okay. You had to sign that honor code freshman year. What but school he, is this? Uh, Connecticut College. Okay. <laughs> um, and he... So that night, so we all have fake mustaches. So, and then he, Zach is very contentious, very smart, and he wanted to bring it up with like the head of campus safety that this isn't right. I don't know what his argument was, but he went to the head of campus safety to sort of that night just to like argue, be like, it's not fair that I was written up, blah, blah, blah. And he's telling me, he comes back to my room later that night and he's telling me the story. I'm like, you realize you still have your fake mustache. He had like drawn a mustache on himself. So he had like argued with the camp head of like, campus. Let me tell you something. Hey, so Tom Selleck, if you're you, you inspired a mustache fight. Yeah, this was a tough episode because there was no theme music, by the way. Which, uh, but there was a theme song at the end. Yeah, at the beginning and at the end, but through the show, like there's, there's, usually, there's little, little cues, little like like right now. Exactly. If I was not lazy enough, exactly, I might. If I put it in now, um, okay. Let me just. All right. If I put it in now, it's there. But if okay. not, you so be it. You can't play. Uh, but I'm, what we were saying was like. If you're Tom Selleck, mm. you miss that opportunity yes. to play Indiana Jones. Either way, great yeah. career. But to have to reenact that years later, wouldn't that be a little bit depressing? I guess I, it, that episode is weird to watch. I, it, it runs across it, too. Um, also, because <laughs> the premise of that episode, and this gets real weird, is that Indiana Jones doesn't exist because he didn't play it. And they wait, wait, wait. Indiana Jones doesn't exist because Magnum didn't play it, or Tom, Tom Selleck? Selleck. Wait, wait, wait. So, so here, Tom Selleck exists here. Exactly. No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mention yeah. the he, name Tom. They Selleck. don't. They don't. But they, here's how it works. He gets on a case where the way it works is that he's got to solve uh, solve the mystery by reenacting movies, and they all wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You say that as if that's a thing. What does that mean? What do you mean? <laughs> like, it, like the case is like you have to like like some guys like I. Um, it's like a like a riddle master where it's kind like, of like, like a riddle master. Like they're after some like they're after some idol. They're after some like object, but the guy this guy has it, and to get it back from him or to find it, like you have to 
go through this is where the writing's a little weird but you have to reenact movie stuff and that's how he pulls all his capers okay this is like a, a nemesis of higgins that they pull out of nowhere and you're like i've never heard of this guy before and so then so they reenact all the indiana jones stuff and they, the whole time they can't they're like what movie are we reenacting we don't know we don't know and like they keep looking at the older movies that like built into indiana jones but like since he never played indiana jones in the world of magnum it doesn't exist that's so confusing. It, it's crazy. It's real meta. It's real crazy. And like, yeah. So the whole, so he like does all Indiana Jones stuff, and like, it's like, it's kind of depressing and kind of weird. But also, like, it was. It's in my top five. Like when I was a kid, we taped it off a of TV. I watched the shit out of it. Wow. I loved it. What other? What, but so let's say Magnum PI. Now, is this like for you? This is like sort of a classic. Um, like uh, action TV show. Were, yeah. Was this what you were into in general? Like action yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's when you asked up? that. I was thinking about that. Like, you know, I don't know how it is for you, but like, I like I always feel bad as like, uh, like doing comedy and stuff. I don't watch like a shitload of sitcoms, man. Like mm-hmm. the shows I watch now, are, I watch like Breaking Bad, like Justified's like my new favorite show. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I love that show. It's, but it's, it's a lot like, it's like this, un, like a character who like shoots everybody is like super unforgiving. Like I love like hour long, like action shows pretty yeah. much. Like, um, that's really kind of like the shows I've kind of always gravitated to. And, and that's kind of like, my, my, like I said, my folks were kind of into that too. My mom also is like huge into mystery stuff. And I always thought, like, oh, I'll never get into that. And, like, now all I do is, like, read, like, noir books or, like, I'm, like, reading a, a Jack Reacher book right now. Like, I'm... Wait, Jack Reacher, like, the movie that Tom, Tom Cruise... Tom Cruise, yeah. That's based on a book? Yeah, it's based on these books by the author named Lee Child. Okay. So... I have to say, the name of the movie Jack Reacher is sort of boring. <laughs> it's not the best title. They should... The name of the book is called Kill Shot that they based it off they of. They should call it Kill Shot. It would be a lot more interesting. Also, uh, I saw the Hobbit 3D IMAX, 48 frames per second this weekend. Blow you away? Um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but they showed a trailer for... I was talking to my friends about this. The, they showed a trailer for another Tom Cruise movie, I think called Oblivion. And his name in the movie is Jack Harper or something like that. It's like... And he's I'm also wearing a Yankees cap, like he did. Yeah, in like, Mich- uh, like uh, Mars Attacks. No, in uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. That's what I meant. Or he Mars was Attacks. No, yeah, yeah, War of the Worlds. Um, I'll edit that out. <laughs> you can, hey, fanboys! I'm real sorry, guys. I really, I really love that. Up. I'm going to edit that out and put another theme song in right now. <laughs> Definitely not. But um, <laughs> but like you'd think Tom Cruise, he'd be smart. I don't know if Oblivion is based on something, but like change the t- the name of the character. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Come on, gang. Everybody, come on. I, I think Oblivion's based on the director's um, graphic novel, actually. I thought you were going to say it was based on his dream or something. <laughs> he had this crazy dream, dream. where he... Well, I, well that, hey, that movie looks pretty cool, too. I mean, it looks like Wally. let Let's be honest. That, it's, a, it's a human version of Wally. That and After Earth with Will Smith and Jada... Not Jada. Um, what's the son's name? Jaden. Jaden. It, it's it's Wally again. It's just well, like... Well, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hey. <laughs> The Earth's broke. That's what we Ooh. Got him. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's totally true. Um, um, the Earth is broke, and uh, I think we <laughs> should focus on fiction. Cue the Peter Gabriel song from Wally right and now. And one, two, three, <laughs> Peter Gabriel. If it wasn't in there, I apologize. Um, but you're, you're so you're into action stuff. I mean, I agree that I, I more and more I'm into action stuff for like – it's harder for me to watch comedy yeah. stuff. They either make me jealous well, I, or I, not I, even. I, I mean, like I'll watch like some, <laughs> something like like Louis or or um, 
Like I'll watch like really like you know Thirty Rocker or you know any of the. Well, you have to. You're paid to watch that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have someone giving you a paycheck to watch that. But like quality stuff. But like I have a tough time watching something like a, a Two and a Half Men. Like and and no offense to anyone. <laughs> I don't think anybody's offended. But people watch that show. I mean, yeah, but like I mean, I think that's true. Okay, I, well, how about this? Like I I don't watch like a lot of reality TV. I can't get into that either. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're trying to justify that you're watching. You're not watching like the shittiest stuff. On TV. Well, that's what I talk to people. They're like, "Oh, well, I watch this. I'm just like, I can't connect with you. Like, like I watch these. Like, I'm always like, if a show isn't like, you know, like I said, like if it isn't like a, a detective or like some guy, some horrible guy turning his family into like a drug dealer family. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not hooked in. I mean, like that's what I really, that's what we enjoy, and that's what my, Veronica, my wife, enjoys watching too. She's like, ah, like. Let's go watch Justified. Yeah, I, there's something about darker stuff or something with yeah. a little bit of an edge that uh, that that just grabs you. Yeah. Um, but the, and Magnum PI is a show that uh, I noticed also through this comprehensive Wikipedia <laughs> thing that you say mystery shows, but there was I think a couple crossovers, and one was with Murder She Wrote, which I think I watched as a kid. Which and, I, again, is one of those shows where I'm like, why was I watching that? And Simon and Simon. And Simon and Simon. Cue which, the theme music. And <laughs> now, okay, theme music begin. Let me tell you what kind of guy I am. I I am so glad you brought this up because I so wanted to talk to you about this. When Paul Shear directed that thing, oh the uh, the the, re- the greatest. What was it called? The TV special of all time, I think, the or greatest moment of television of all time, something like that. When they reenacted, like that, appealed to me so much because I was like, I love Simon and Simon. Like, I love the crossover episode with Magnum. Which, by the way, do you remember the episode of the Brady Bunch? <laughs> God bless you. Do you remember the episode of the Brady Bunch? <laughs> that, that sneeze was why I was staring. <laughs> I was staring you so intense. <laughs> you were like, I was like, he totally identifies with what I'm talking about. No, he just has the sneeze. I, I covered the sneeze, so it might not have been audible, but the build-up to it was me just staring at you and nodding so hard because I didn't want to lose the sneeze. Did you? Uh, <laughs> did you ever? Do you remember the episode of the the Brady Bunch where that little like thing from they go to Hawaii and that little tiki doll haunts them? Do you remember that episode? No, that sounds crazy. Okay, well Magnum has an episode like that too, and it involves Simon and Simon. See Simon and Simon because I watched that greatest television yeah. event of all time. Maybe yes. that's what it's called. I just watched it and it was unbelievable. And awesome. If you haven't seen it. Watch online. it. You, should, you have to watch it. It's so great. But uh, I never seen Simon and Simon, and I was like, "Oh, this is so funny. It's so niche." Like, yeah. And as somebody who's never seen the show, but for you, that must have been me and my wife. Like, totally. Because here's the thing. Like about this, uh, I know. I, I as we went into the show, I said that my family's favorite show was was Magnum, and I've listed the favorite episodes. But then I got married, and my wife loved Magnum. Wait, she loved it before you got... Because her grandmother in Poland loved it, and she would watch it all the time when she would come visit and watch it in Poland, too, where in Poland, they just have, like, one voiceover guy. He does all the voices. So it's just like dub show, dub show. It's just like this deep. Wait, he does all the voices in one show. He does all the voices in one show. So it's just like he does the women. He does everyone. So it's like you know, he does the women. Yeah, Guamche Magnum. It's just like yeah, exactly. That's like I love you, Magnum. Like he does it all. Like so, she watched it there. She'd come to Canada and watch it in English. She couldn't understand, it. and they'd be like, she'd make up her own stories to it. So like my love of this show, like I found my mate for it. Wow. So then we went on our honeymoon. Yes, you were saying to Hawaii. Okay. And I made a stay in Oahu for like 
we went to four islands, which is insane. A lot of people don't usually do that. But we stayed in Oahu for like five days just so we can see Magnum stuff. And here's the sad part. When I got there, they're like, oh, there's no more Magnum tours. They don't do that. So we just basically sat in like Waikiki, like doing nothing. You just sat watching Magnum <laughs> yeah, DVDs in the, in the hotel. But here's where it gets even more crazy. Everyone's like right now like turning this off and going to sleep. They're just like, I don't understand this guy. This guy is crazy. <laughs> My best friend who likes the show, he took a helicopter tour in Oahu. He found Robin's Nest, had the helicopter land in the water, walked up to it in the water because all the beaches are public. Wait, wait, wait. he can walk on water? (laughs) (laughs) It's a shallow beach. It's a shallow beach. It's like a lagoon. Wait, he found – so Robin's Nest is the the estate that he lives on. Yeah, it's Robin's Nest where he lives. And how did he find it? He flew over in a helicopter and spotted it until the helicopter got to land. Wow. And then he got out of the helicopter, walked up to it, and because all beaches are public in Hawaii, and got like a ton of pictures of it for me. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It was pretty awesome. So here's – okay. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say – okay. So this show is great. It's very fun. Yes. It, but it's very 80s. Totally. It's very 80s. Now, I have to ask, and I don't I hope this isn't insulting, but there's something like very sort of um, a little bit cheesy, a little yeah, bit yeah. corny about it. Now, when you see that, like – are you, when you see it now, as opposed to when you're a kid, do you feel like your fandom now feels different? Is it a little more ironic in a way, or is it? And I, again, I don't. It, you, well, I'm let's put it this saying, way: there, I don't. There was so much. Ass, we all pointed out how much ass was in in yes. this stuff. So, like, like Higgins' butt was everywhere and stuff like that. Like, I see the flaws of the show yes. a lot. Like, I'm not like, oh, this is a perfect show, but I think that, to, like the 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 character of Magnum, and like. And like the, the the concept of like a detective in Hawaii and stuff like that, like that's always what appeals for me. So yes. I kind of like work through the flaws and just kind of latch into that. Yeah. You know, I like oh, like I was saying up top, like where I latch in like how like badass like the actual story is kind of is. It's like you know they reference like a lot of like Chandler and Hammett in this one. Boy, I'm giving the show way too much credit right now to, <laughs> to put these up with these titles, but like. That's but kind it's of better than that. that <laughs> better than that. That's what I lock into. That's what I'm like. Oh, yeah. This is what they're going for. Yeah, I, and I didn't mean that as an insult because I love uh, Donald P. Balasario's other show, uh, Quantum Leap. Like I genuinely, I grew up with it. Like I love it, and I've watched it since. Right. And I still really enjoy it. Like yeah. I think it's great, but it still has like things where you're like, you're oh, like, oh, really, yeah, really, exactly. Really, that's a little bit. Yeah, but it's still like. Great concept, great uh, storylines, great characters. And right. I feel like this sort of matches that in a way. I mean, I don't know the show as well, of course. One thing I, I, I'd it, say but. that I find I have a problem with it in that a lot of the shows that we kind of were talking about now that we watch, like like uh, that I watch now, like Breaking Bad and Justify, which I feel like they've kind of learned from, is like those shows aren't afraid to do continuity. Magnum was very episodic. It was totally episodic. I mean, he would get shot, run over, and like, you know, basically like be in a hospital bed in an end of one episode and it was like and then the next week he'd be walking around and you'd be a little right. bit like sometimes like sometimes you'd be like okay time's passed but other times you'd be like man like like you just like lost like you know like this girl you were engaged to last week and you're bopping around now right except when Sharon Stone killed herself they gave they gave Sharon Stone a little bit more yikes de- detriment in uh in, in the Magnum history it lasted half of an episode more half of them in the next episode he was like I'm really bummed about that and then got over it but well that's interesting that you say that because I just started writing re- I started writing a book that uh, <laughs> I think is very interesting oh <laughs> good and, and I have a point to make about the book I wrote no uh, um the book uh I think it's called Top of the Rock by Warren Littlefield oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and uh he was saying that and I don't know you know obviously this is true or not but right. 
that Cheers was one of the first shows that he knew of. I guess sitcom wise, right. different than these action shows that made the like series season arc. Okay, you know, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Charles Brothers, I think. Are the, yeah, the guys from Taxi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, who who started thinking like season wise, and I feel like now that's sort of like the norm, norm. or with like with a stronger show, right? You know, like they're with like. Law and Order, NCIS, right. it's not as much, but right. with, like, your Breaking Bads, your Homelands, it's yeah. all about se- season arc. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like the, that just d- didn't exist as much back then. You not know? at all. Not and at all. I feel like, hey, listen, his other show, Quantum Leap, that had a season arc. That had a series yeah. arc. Like, he wanted to get back home. There was a, a season where he wanted to get you his brother not Magnum, to die bro. in you fucking it. You Vietnam, use... man. You could have. Well, he actually, now that I think about it, Vietnam is a... Uh, the place for Sam too, right? In Quantum Leap, yeah, yeah. Sam's brother is in Vietnam. Right. And he dies. Right. Yes. And in I this, remember the Sam. Remember the episode when Sam goes home when yes. he ends up at, and he runs through the cornfield. Yep. Awesome. And he plays a John Lennon song for uh, awesome. And uh, the, his sister ball. Oh, oh. Yeah. And then in the next episode, in the next episode, so in that episode of Quantum Leap, he wants to stop his brother from going to Vietnam, where he knows yeah. he's going to die because Sam leaps into himself as a yeah. child. In the next episode, he leaps into his brother in Vietnam. Oh, I never seen that episode. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, oh boy. So that's where like that that becomes like episodic. Yeah, know, it's not just episodic. It sort of bleeds arc, together. Arc stuff. Yeah. But I wonder if Donald P. Belisario was in Vietnam because this whole show Ties. Magnum PI is a very Vietnam centric. It is, and then all the stuff with the Navy too, with uh, NCIS and JAG. He had to do with JAG too, which I, I double checked and stuff like that. So maybe I triple checked it and it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's JAG definitely. But I also also on that Wikipedia article, which again is my source material and. Very comprehensive. They mentioned that a lot of uh, people responded positively, Vietnam veterans, because this show uh, treated Vietnam vets more as people who had, you know, rather than like people with crazy flashbacks that were just like maniacs, which I guess was prevalent in the 70s. In the 80s, yeah, the the postal workers and stuff like that, yeah. Um, So so this was like a more humanizing thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I always thought those... You didn't get a lot of flashbacks in this episode. Um, the the first season for sure, and it's well. The whole show is called Flashback, so <laughs> yeah. we, did, we didn't get <laughs> not to the numb stuff. But like, they'll be in the first season. They'll do cool things where like. Oh man, they'll be on a case or something. Like they'll pick up. Like I remember one where like TC picks up a bullet, and then like he's back in Nam, seeing this like look picking up a bullet as well, and it kind of like correlates a little bit, which is kind of cool, which is a good device. Where it wasn't like yeah, he didn't go like berserk and like had to go see a counselor or anything like that. Well, that was in the deleted scenes. <laughs> that would have been really interesting. <laughs> um, as a child, did you understand those references? Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. I feel like I don't know. I I don't know if I, I mean. I'll be I'll be honest. Uh, I'm 33. I'm going to be 34 in a couple of weeks, and at the end of December, I don't know if I was just more like cognitive than other kids or whatever. But like I understood, like in the 80s, it was like 20 years after Vietnam, and like people like were starting to talk about it, and it bled into like a lot of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you know it's the same thing. I know I mentioned like Lethal Weapon earlier for my family, but like once again, that's both non-veterans. Ooh, I, I think I think Murtaugh, Riggs is. Riggs I think Murtaugh the- might be Korea, but like it's the same thing where it's forgotten just like war, the Forgotten War. Forgotten War. It was a, a police action, but mm-hmm. it was a war. Um, but you know where I think that it's just kind of funny. Like I, for whatever reason, I feel like in the early to mid eighties, like. If you're watching a character, he was like a guy who was recovering from being in that war and stuff hey like man, that. 
We you know? all got to deal with some shit. We got to deal with some shit. Where now it's like our entertainment is all like, you know, through like Iraq and, and Afghanistan. So those feeds those characters. Yeah. You know, so. It's getting, but it, that's the interesting thing is uh, that now it's so much more current. Current, like yeah. Now, like in the 80s it was referencing, I guess there's a ton of Cold War stuff which yeah. was inspired by the Cold War, but a lot of it was catching up with the vietnam thing yeah now it's like, i mean like homeland is so topical. it's right yeah it's, I mean, it's right like, on it yeah um you know and uh breaking bad that math shit is going on right now <laughs> under our noses kids don't do drugs um and uh justified on no don't know what it's about but that's it's probably a, it's super basically topical. it's about it's about meth and it's about uh drug dealing and and people in the south and all that kind of stuff like that that's existing now so but i, I guess i should say i do i do watch we to say comedies i do fx i watch a lot FX shows and this is going to lead into the Archer Archer thing. Um, Archer made a huge Magnum reference uh, in the, I think, second season. Um, They referenced my mom's favorite episode, uh, Did You See the Sunrise? Um, Where in the do you see the sunrise i was always saying before magnum shoots an unarmed russian guy that's tortured him in nam and it's really great he he he, Wait, he shoots he's unarmed he's unarmed he's unarmed yeah I they're out in the middle of the woods did you mention that before? let me let me let me I, I don't think i mentioned the unarmed part but let me let me reenact the scene for you guys over radio here basically ivan's like he's got a gun on him and ivan's like magnum you cannot kill me he's like you you need me i am i'm i'm the boogeyman basically i'm i'm paraphrasing horribly and then magnum um, he had killed um, my mom's least favorite character called Mac earlier. And it's a two-parter. Wait, your mom has two least favorite characters. Uh, she hates Luther Gill. She hates Mac. Uh-huh. So just so you know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, dude. That's fine. So, uh, so anyway, um, so Magnum like lets his gun down, like is going to let him walk. And then he just turns to Ivan. He's like, hey, Ivan, do you see the sunrise this morning? And then like he's like, Ivan looks at him and you just see the last shot as Magnum puts up his gun and fires. And so ends it. So in Archer, murder, mur- he murders straight him. up murder, straight up murder. And in Archer, he does the same exact thing. And then they watch it at like at uh, ISIS, where Archer works. They watch right. it, and and Archer's just like, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> he like references himself referencing Magnum as being awesome. That's and it hilarious. was like for me, I was just like, this is great. Like Veronica and I were just like, yay. And you did, you watched that unknowingly, like you didn't know. Oh, we didn't know that was coming up, and then that happened. Yeah. Wow, I, it's so funny because I feel like Magnum PI to me. I, again, I'm a little younger, so yeah. this show was not on my radar. But right. I don't feel like there's been as much. Like this isn't a show that I feel like comes up in pop culture as much. It's not like something that I, I feel yeah. was referenced. Like I mean, like The Simpsons for me was a huge right. thing that sort of. Uh, would I'd learn no matter right. if I knew about stuff in the eighties right. after the Simpsons did it, I'd be like, Oh, of course I right, know right. like Miami vice or whatever. But right. this to me, like Miami vice, I feel like right. was a huge thing that everybody knew about for this. I felt like, I feel like I didn't know as much. I, I feel it. like it's like, yeah, like you said, maybe it's a little bit more niche or, or and stuff like that. There is something about it that like, it isn't brought across, but it has like a really solid following, which why I think there's having such a hard time trying to get a re- a movie remake off the ground. Let's do it guys. Well, you know, they talked about it. Really? Yeah, like Stiller was going to produce it, Vaughn was going to play it, and it just like hasn't gone anywhere. And then, of course, you have to have Tom Selleck make a cameo. Well, Selleck was like, don't do it. Ooh. And fans were like, don't do it. Oh. I read an interview 
where Selleck was like, after the show ended, he was ready to do a movie, and Tom Clancy was going to write it, and it was going to be about uh, he he went more on the angle like of like a guy that was post naval intelligence rocking around like he wanted to like have him in Europe or something like that. So like a hard like hard because this is fun like this is yeah. light. I mean, a pregnant woman died, and they're like. <laughs> Whatever. Yikes. Let's keep going. We wanted to be like, Tom, like, what show were you working on for eight years, man? Yeah. Like, you drove a Ferrari. Like. Wake up, dog. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. Wake dog. Up. Hey, dog. Well, if Tom Clancy does call. Uh, uh, Tom <laughs> he's like, like dog. dog. <laughs> um, you went on a honeymoon that was Magnum P.I. based. Yeah. You, uh, your family loves Magnum P.I. Yeah, other- if I can jump in there. Also, my dad is, here's the other thing, this little side thing I want to mention. Another reason I enjoy the show is because Tom Selleck, my dad is a less fit version of Tom Selleck. Uh-huh. He's the same coloring, mustache, mustache and hair, sunglasses, and wears a baseball cap all the time. Whoa. So there's kind of, it's always... Now, which came first? I, well, uh... I mean, have you seen pictures of your dad circa 1979? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have, but I mean, they did go to Hawaii. I don't know. It could be. Um, as we like to put it in my family, it's never been confirmed, but we just like the, it's like watching like a more in shape version of my dad <laughs> around Hawaii <laughs> in self crimes. Your dad is the original. Exactly. Um, is there any other fan based things that you've experienced like Magnum PI? Uh, have you ever, um, you know, done like a you missed the fan tour in Hawaii, but has right. a, what's like a maybe another big fan thing? Another big fan thing that I've done. I mean, you married a woman who loves PI, so I guess you you're very deep into. I'm very deep. You. I'm very, already very deep into this show. Um, well, you have new children. You have children. Are you gonna are you gonna show this to them when? They're well, ready? I have seven season on DVD, so whenever they're ready, and it's pretty much like I said, it gets real family friendly in the later seasons right. with the softball teams. So yeah, they're gonna be they'll probably get exposed. You maybe start with them with you know season five and then except work my way back to the first three seasons <laughs> exactly that's how i watched i watched sopranos season two first really don't know why <laughs> weird i think my friend was i was staying with a friend at the time and he had already seen season one okay so i watched season two with him and then went back okay it's still worth it gotcha i, I gotta be honest with you that i find that show to be very repetitive and kind of boring really well acted but i just was always be like it would be like carmela's not in love with this guy this season she's in love with that guy this season mm-hmm. and then like when they did the divorce we're like oh big shake up but it just stayed the same i don't know i like the i i like the show and then it sort of lost its season five whatever right. was like where they followed um I feel like I've talked about this on this podcast, but uh, oh, I want to talk the Johnny Cake season where the the one guy ends up being gay and he like goes off, and it's just like what, right. what is this show about anymore? Like it just right, sort of, right, like, right. Tur- took a left turn. Well, I just became it became like weird character studies. Yeah, like it, it just was- became like you know. Um, I wanted to talk to you about something that you've had on this podcast yes. before. I wanted to talk to you about Fran's episode. Okay, let's go. Fran, episode 40, I don't know, of this episode. of this. If It's that episode we watched, the episode of X-Files called Home. Yes. Bring it. Uh, I watched, I saw that in this original airing. Oh, wow. I watched it on the original airing. Cause Which I, is the only time it was aired on Fox. Fox. I asked Fran, I was like, is that the one where the woman's under the floorboards? She's like, yes. I was like, I saw it when it originally aired. Because when you guys were like, I was like, man, I think, I, I was definitely in high school when that show was on and I watched it a lot and I wanted to ask you this I don't know if you guys talked about this with the X-Files uh, when I listened to that, that podcast um, 
Do you ever feel when you watch the, the one-offs, not the one that has to do, not the episodes that have to do with the overarching mythology of the show, yes. like the Cigarette Man and all that kind of stuff like that. When you watch the one-offs, didn't you always feel like they were always knocking off a certain horror movie? Yeah, it's so funny you say that because I've actually, I've that show is since I've been doing this podcast, which I think this is one of the forty-something episode. Yeah. The X Files is the only show I've kept watching because of this podcast. Okay. So I've been watching a lot of X-Files okay. recently. And yes, like there's like an episode and some of them, like there was one where like machines take over right. and there was one that was a one-off that was a total ripoff of uh, The Thing. Right. Uh, I think that's the one, the John Carpenter one that was yes. a remake uh, yeah, in, the, in the Arctic. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, th- I know what episode you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was like... When I was watching that, I was like, this is so str- – I mean it's different, but yes. it's so straight from that movie. That's what I, I loved about that show because I always felt that that home episode was a knockoff of the Texan sh- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean mm. I really thought that they were like kind of similar to Leatherface, these kind of inbred kind of characters, yes. blah, blah, blah. So I always loved about that. For me, The X-Files was I'm going to watch this show. I'm going to try to guess what they're knocking off and like then watch what they do to try to make it a little bit different you know their own and stuff like that because um there's that one then there's a guy who sets himself on fire which reminded me like Firestarter. like there's like yeah all those went off when they had those individual cases which are my favorite episodes of that i never got into the mythology um i'm deep into the mythology right now oh dude it's such a letdown because in the end with the movies they never tie it up Uh, you know what i saw the first movie in the theaters but i can't remember anything except it starts in the ice it's not that good it's not that i mean i i feel you know i people i feel feel bad bad. when i say those things because people worked hard on it yeah but i mean here i am on on, like these things that are like oh you didn't do it i talk shit about shows all the time in this but it's like first of all it's a huge achievement to do a tv show or (laughs) movie like that's a given like i would love to be the head writer of like a shitty tv right right that's great like whoever worked on it like you succeeded you are very special and done so like like, you yeah, of course we can talk my, shit. Like if the movie sucked, it sucked. Who cares? Uh, like, the, they know their success. The bees is a big thing in the X Files movies. Like that was a cool part, the but bees? otherwise, yeah, they end up in a they end up in a, uh, like a hive of some kind. They get chased by a swarm of bees. That's when they're running around with like those flashlights. Okay, and then, um, but yeah, man, there was a great episode that did tie to the mythology, which maybe you've gotten to yet when the cigarette man kidnaps that kid who can write things out in binary. No, I haven't seen it. Oh it's, yes, yes, yes. I just saw that one. That episode. I watched that episode where, where, like, um, the sister is stolen. The sister is yeah. taken away by aliens and they put all the binary together and it makes a giant face. Yes. That episode. I watched that and I was like, this is, probably the best episode I've ever seen it was on TV. Great. And I was like, what are they going to do after this? They're going to have to really open up the alien thing. And then like the next episode after that, like didn't deal with it. Well, that, I mean, I think it's smart because that, that episode uh, is in season one, I think, but it's like when you have so many episodes in a season, like how yeah. could you make everyone as right. plot driven, like a right. uh, series driven, you right. know, like you have to have one offs. Right. But, um, but they go back to it, you know, like right. they, uh, but that show, yeah, it's so much fun. I guess the aliens are the, like, uh, will they or won't they? It's like the Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard of, of moonlighting. It's mm. like, it's like, that's the thing that they can never really do. Yeah. Cause if they, if they found aliens, it would be like, all right, Mulder and Scully can just call it quits. Yeah, and then they can have sex, which they do. Oh boy. Spoiler alert. Second movie guys. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look at my notes from what we watched. Take, uh, yeah. Let's see, uh, cutting up. Oh, yeah. One other thing that I really liked about this episode of Magnum P.I. 
is that um, like Magnum is thinks it's a dream, mm. and then I right. mean, it does make sense that later on, after this moment, he like keeps say, saying it's a dream in voiceover. Like they should have dropped that, so I didn't think whatever. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but um, it's a dream, and you're right. But uh, he. In the dream, he orders a beer at uh, this restaurant that his friend Rick works at. The King Kamehameha Club. Uh, the Kamehameha Club. <laughs> and, uh, and he orders a beer, and he cuts his lip on the glass. He's like, I'm bleeding. Like, you don't bleed in dreams, which is like, for two reasons. It's like, I've never, ever seen anybody cut their lip on a glass. <laughs> like, they could have picked any other thing. Like, he was cutting something and he started yep. bleeding. Or, as you said while we were watching, like, maybe he, he catches his hand. In the, in <laughs> Although the, him getting his hand in the door of, like, the car would have been really hard, too. Like, he, ow! Yeah, but something like, yeah. oh, I don't know the stick shift. Well, they cut me. Cut me, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, but then also, like, do you not bleed in dreams? Like, is that a thing? I don't know, man. That's a good question. Um, my rec- most recent dream was that I was walking through. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you. This. Yeah, come on. Let's I was go. walking through a street covered in laundry with my my in laws and my sister in law and my wife, and I looked up and there was three moons in the sky. And I was like, "Oh, it's some weird eclipse." Whoa, you and know what that means, right? I, it's, Pretty much means I'm fearful of having another kid since I have twins now. Whoa. That I couldn't deal with more laundry. <laughs> wow. I was going to make a joke about you have to do your laundry, but that just got real. That just got real good. Uh, it what? just, it's, I mean, like, it's just a matter of like, whoa. Well, hey, every dream I've had in the last week has been anxiety about my wedding. So, Hey, Craig, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on the psychological... <laughs> Confession, the, the dream confession. Podcast. This is ba- you've been listening to the Jackie Mason uh, visiting at the restaurant podcast, and we've segued into the anxiety dream podcast. Um, and then one other thing from Magnum. Oh, that I that was just. I mean, I'm just nitpicking here. Go for but, it. But uh, I love that in the in, he's in 1930s and he gets a call from uh oh right the 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 daughter of the guy who's uh who's uh being charged with the murder and she's like calls on the phone and she's like magnum also there's something weird about people in the 1930s calling him magnum <laughs> that just feels like that, an- anachronistic or I just like that that's a family name I'm like what yeah Mag- like, like we was, came over and we were called Manetti and we changed it to Magnum, Magnum? like what kind yeah. of surname is or like you know end name is that that's crazy it, like it should be a nickname in quotes not but it's like it's his last name his last name is Magnum come on Magnum um but he gets a phone call from the woman and she's like I just got news that the uh it was they my father's voice was positively identified uh, as the guy that that the wife of the guy who was murdered heard yeah. yelling right before he died, but it was like, how? What? Like, how would in the past would they voice identify someone? The one thing I would say for that, and maybe I'm giving the writers too much credit, but is it since it is a dream, can he be anachronistic into the future and like put those kind of things in there? Is that a symbol to us? Say we didn't have Magnum's narration, maybe that's a symbol to us being like, oh, this doesn't match up. That's yeah. kind of weird. I think you're wrong. <laughs> no, no. But, and, I mean, you might be right. But now Those that guys I, doing so much cocaine and, and blow back in the eighties, writing these scripts, didn't worry about that stuff. I love the idea that they probably were doing that. Actually. They're just like oh, yeah, voice identification. Oh. <laughs> I also like that at the end, his two friends are just like no reason, just shirtless. 
um, and like in really high shorts. Yeah, going to the beach. Yeah, that was that. They don't usually go to the beach. I thought that too. I was like, why is Larry Minetti, who wrote a book, by the way, if you guys want to read about his time working on Magnum, I haven't read it, but people say he just names drops a lot. Um, but which I, is the best thing about books? Yeah, it's just him being like, I hung out with Orson Welles. I did this. Like Tom Selleck is my best friend. Uh, it's called Aloha Magnum. Um, <laughs> just which pl- is so depressing. <laughs> I just plug Larry Minetti's book as uh, as- yeah. <laughs> and check out uh, Larry Minetti's book Aloha Magnum. Uh, we have nothing to do with it, but uh, it's a great read. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, they don't usually like get to use the grounds on the estate so freely. So I was kind of surprised to see them all like greased up and ready to hop in that water. Did wait? Did you? So you read Aloha Magnum? I did not read Aloha no. Magnum. I read the reviews of Aloha Magnum, and that was enough. It was enough. I couldn't wait, do it. Do you? I mean, it is pretty crazy. I know in the eighties that Orson Welles was not what he was when he was Orson Welles. What? I mean, he did do a voiceover for a voice on uh, Transformers, the movie, which is his. I think notably his last film yep. uh, role, but. It's pretty crazy that he was a voice on the show. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, probably he was like bread. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's where like even Brando was at the end. He was like, "You can pay me, I'll show up." Yeah, it's so crazy. I just wonder, like, because I feel like time has left uh, Orson Welles as like a movie genius. I mean, yeah. you can't really beat Citizen Kane in right. terms of film. So, like, if you're just a script supervisor or somebody on Magnum PI mm. and you're sitting in a voiceover booth with, with Orson uh, fucking Wells. Can you do it like, again? Uh, you missed... It, that must be so unbelievable. It's Higgins, not... not Higgins. It's not Higgins, it's Higgins. <laughs> Wait, some, that just reminded me of... Um, shit, who was it? There is an amazing clip... On YouTube, of... is that Shatner? We're, we're yes, sabotage. Have I talked about this? No, I, I know it because uh, of uh, our good friend Anthony Antamnik is a huge Shatner fan. Wait, that's the one where the guy in the booth tells William Shatner that he's doing. Yeah, it's for I don't. It's not for. It's for like the. I think it's for the cartoon. I think it's for the cartoon is that he's doing the the voiceover for. It, and the and the so William Shatner is doing a voiceover and the guy. Um, who's running the voiceover basically tells William Shatner, like, oh no, do it like Yeah, because I think it goes like, it's like, he says like, um, he's like, sabotage or something like that, sabotage. And then the voiceover guy's like, no, it's sabotage. And he's like, you say sabotage, I say sabotage. Oh, that's, so that's a different thing that I'm thinking of. Because I think it is William Shatner though. I'm 90% sure, and I'll check it, and I'll fi- I will right now start the theme song, and I will correct it. But I'm pretty sure it's him where there's one where a guy gives – a guy in the booth is like, no, uh, well, it should be a little bit more like this. And right. he sort of gives William Shatner a line read. Yeah. And then William Shatner's like, that's how you want me to do it? No, he's like, I want to make it more like you care or something. Right, right. Like he gives like a pretty heavy note to William Shatner. Right. And William Shatner's like, all right, why don't, you, why don't you show me? Why don't you show me how to do it? And he sort of like lays into him and he's like, you – now I want you to do it because right. you know you know how to do me. You do me. And like it's so uncomfortable and it's unbelievable for like – That's crazy. I, that's not the one. I just remember the sabotage one. Well, I, I need to find out if it's gotcha. William Shatner or not. Do you ever – on voiceover ones, this is a big segue, but you ever listen to the Thundercats, uh, like, uh, deleted voiceover? No. It's all the Thundercats guys cursing. Hell yeah. 
They're all like, thunder, thunder. Ah, fuck, shit. And it's really crazy to hear, like, Panthro, like, you know, like, like Tiger. I can't even remember all the names. Tiger Woods. Tiger O. I'm just going to add, like, all that. But, like, all those characters just. Wait, wasn't one of them Snarf? Snarf. Mm-hmm. Snarf, yeah. There was, like, Snarf, Snarf. And then it's like, ah, fuck you guys. Like, it, like, goes crazy like that. And I'm swearing so much. I'm sorry. But I'm quoting this uh, from from YouTube. Like, you can, like, hear them, like, screw up. It's really hilarious. It's not you cursing. It's them. It's them. It's exactly. Um, guys, also. You're just a condo. I did all the voices on Thundercats. And check out Aloha Magnum, <laughs> the book by Larry Medetti. Is that his name? I've never heard of that guy, but now I'm plugging his. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. Is there any last uh, Magnum wisdom you want to pass on? Oh, man. Any last? Oh, uh, man. I, uh, I wish there was like a good quote I could give you from him. Um, you don't need to worry. If I don't know. I, w- I would just say, uh, check it out. It's a fun show. I mean, like, you know, it's an hour long. It's cheesy, but it's got its moments. Uh, it's fun. It's I'd fun. say if you, uh, if you like MacGyver, if yeah. you like Quantum Leap, if you like that feel. Yeah. A little laid back, a little mystery. Yeah. Some character. Yeah. Check it out. Just, you know, avoid most of season eight. It's, but I I will want to check out that Indiana Jones episode. That Indiana Jones really episode's really good. And then watch the real finale, which I, I guess I should talk about. This is my parting thing. The real finale, which is kind of such a disappointment to the seventh season, which oh by the way, a great John Dever song in it. Uh like it's called like High as an Eagle. Uh-huh. I downloaded it, I listened to it, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I I honestly I almost I almost cry at that episode every time. Wow. Yeah. Um Anyway, but the real finale is, like, really weird, man. I guess, you know what? This is what I want to leave on. It's, like, it was 88, and they end it with him joining the Navy again, which is something that, like, through the whole series, he was like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I, I'm through with the Navy. I, it like, kind of ruined my life. And uh, and then, like, he ends, and the last shot is actually him turning the TV off towards us. Mm. He's like, good night, and turns the TV off in his naval uniform. And I was like, is that just the... Like the sign of the '90s, was that like us? What we were going to be going into? Like, mm. I mean, the '90s had some highlights, but like, was it a drag? I don't know. <laughs> Neither do I. But that does make me think that Sam or Al in Quantum Leap, I think, was in the Navy as well. Weird, man. Listen, man, Donald P. Balisario. Are you listening to this podcast? If you're still listening, Donald P., we love you. We love you. I know nothing about you, but I assume you were in the Navy. Get us on uh, NCIS. We'll hang out with Mark Harmon and, and talk yeah. about summer school. And if not, if you know Tom Selleck still, put us on Blue Bloods. <laughs> exactly. Which I assume is still a show. I think it's on. All right. And cue the theme song <laughs> to Blue Bloods now. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to It's That Episode. Check out It's That Episode every Monday on iTunes, and please leave a review if you're a fan of the show or if you hate it. Uh, And also you can check out It's That Episode every Friday at 6 p.m. on Sirius XM Radio, channel 406, UCB Radio. All right, I'll check you next time. Have a night's out and a vice tomorrow. Adios, amigos. (laughs) 